the only nerd, the only shirt I have that is gaming related is a button up shirt that has Pikachu's all over it. That's it. And it actually looks good. It doesn't look it doesn't look too stupid. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought it. How many compliments do you get on this shirt? I just bought it the other day. Oh, so, I've never so you're just waiting. You're just waiting for the compliments to roll in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll be rolling in with the Pikachu shirt day one. We'll see how that goes, dude. Everyone's gonna love you. Hopefully. Everybody and welcome to episode number 34 of the Dual Shocker Shockcast for the week of June 5th. I am your host for the week and for probably the foreseeable future. My name is Logan Moore, and with me today and probably every other week from now on is Azario Lopez, fellow staff writer at Dual Shockers. Hey, Azario. What's up, man? Let's do this. So the Shockcast, it is uh, back after being put in the grave for like what two months or something like that. Yeah. Um... It's been a it's been a long road of planning and uh, convincing, but we took it over, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, there's just been a lot of changes uh, lately with new staff members coming in. Uh, old host of the Shotcast, Luke Luke Cantaldi, is now editor in chief, so he doesn't Ooh. have as much time as before to come in and host the show once a week with all of us gooberheads from the site. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, all of the plebes. So we have talked to Lou, and I think for the future, we're going to be taking it over. And we're going to – so this is actually a very weird week that we are coming back with the show just because, like I said, it is the week of June 5th, which means next week is E3, which means this is the week before E3, which is almost as crazy as E3 in a lot of ways. So we're not going to be able to implement an actual format to the show until E3 is most likely over. Um, but we do have some new plans for the direction that we want this show to go in. Um, we have some formats that we're playing around with, and we'll probably start implementing those, what, episode 36 or so? Something yeah. like that, 36, 37. Yeah, one of the biggest changes is um, we are going to limit our Twitch live Twitch streams um, for the show. Um, it used to be where on Wednesdays we were ever there 5.30 PST um, doing it live, but now we're we're on audio only. And we plan to go back to the Twitch structure probably later on, but as of right now, um, we're just doing audio. Maybe some special Twitch events where we can hang out with the readers and uh, mm-hmm. do some giveaways. I don't know. Hang out. I assume we'll still throw the audio up on the YouTube channel as well. We yes. haven't talked about yes. that, but we'll still do that. We'll still do that in addition. So it'll be up on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll throw it up as audio, and it'll be on iTunes and all of those other places that you can listen to podcasts. Um, so we'll give you more information as we as we move along. Like we said, this is so as you can tell, it is just Azaria and myself this week. Uh, that will not be the norm. We we will stick with our four person format that we've had in the shows of the past. We tried to get some people on the show tonight. No one was free. So we yeah. just decided to go ahead and record anyway, because we need to bring this show back because it has been sitting idle far too long at this point. Yeah. Um, E3, especially planning started at the end of april early may for us and uh we have four people attending this year so it's been a lot of planning and a lot of work but um logan and myself along with thomas and noah 
writers. Huh? Tomas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I call him Tom. We call him Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will we'll be attending, so um, we're actually going to be uh, hopefully stream, um, doing a show from E3 on Monday and then putting it up on Tuesday for you. And that's another thing we want to do is every Tuesday get you these uh, podcasts and mm-hmm. um, make that your weekly go-to for some cool gaming news from us. Yeah, we know that that is the key with these shows is consistency. And that's the one thing that the Shotcast didn't have in the past was the consistency. So we really want to try to focus in and make sure that we get the audio up by Tuesday every day. I don't want to give a specific time because I'm sure it'll differ every week. But Tuesday, we want to get the audio up. um, So we will make sure that we do that uh, moving forward. But like I said, kind of a weird week to come back um, just because there is so much different. Um, E3 is next week. But yeah, that's going to be fun. Like Azario said, we're going to be there. There's going to be a lot that we're seeing that we will not tell you about right now. But keep keep it locked to the site next week uh, because I think we're going to have a lot of stuff going up, probably more than any other time of the year I'd have to say. Yes, yes. It's going to be a, a busy site. Um, really excited this year. Um, so... I think this show, we're just going to go over our predictions and then yeah. add in some readers. Yeah, so we've got predictions that we'll go to. I wanted to ask you, though, before we got to that. So this is my first E3. Yeah. What should I expect? You are the grizzled veteran of, what, two or three of these things now? Yeah, this will be my fourth or third. I'm not sure. Um, so it's my first one. It's Tomas's first one, and it is also Noah's first as well. Yeah. It's, what should uh, we expect? <laughs> lots of running. It is a, uh, it's meeting after meeting, and this year with fifteen thousand extra people, it's probably going to be even more hectic than before. But um, goddamn, it's it's fun. It's, I'm it's, looking. Yeah, it's a time to um, to hang out with people that you don't see often and um, catch up, and at the same time. Uh, play some great upcoming games and um, be able to deliver that that news to those who couldn't attend and and it just it just feels amazing it's it's a dream it was one of my dreams from like 12 or 13 to attend this show and and every year it's it's the same for me walking into that room and just like this rush of anxiety just gets lifted because (laughs) it just feels it just feels so awesome to be in that room and see all these amazing uh, products of sweat and development. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, this is something I think I've wanted to do since the days of watching X-Play on G4 when I was a kid. Uh, I think I've wanted to go to E3 ever since then. So I always told myself I'd make it one year, and this year is that year. So it's definitely odd yeah so but i'm glad to be going this year i'm really excited for it and i'm also just preparing for the work because i know there's going to be a lot of it but i'm excited for the work actually yeah. even though i'll probably hate it come what friday <laughs> when we're flying back yeah i'll probably have to i think i told one of my friends um 
he asked he asked like when I would be getting back or whatever to hang out or something like that. I don't know why he would want to hang out. Um, and I basically told him it would be like I would be like Jesus where I would go down Friday and probably stay down through Friday and Saturday and then come back up Sunday and then maybe I'll reemerge Sunday and we can do something. Be so. resurrected from E3. Yeah, on Sunday <laughs> to maybe go outside and do something. So, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I think everybody else is who's probably listening. And if you're listening out there and you're one of the what 15,000 extra people who are going and you see us there running around, uh, say hi. You'll recognize Tomas. He's got an iconic beard. <laughs> so keep an eye out for him there. You'll, you'll uh, recognize Noah and I as actually we'll probably disappear because we both look like hipster douchebags yeah the, yeah they'll they'll stand out in the crowd yeah maybe yeah, I, I don't know are good. video game people hipster douchebags is that how the video <laughs> game people dress I think, I think that's how i think that's the stigma now i think that's safe to say that's how everyone dresses at this point which yeah. is kind of annoying yeah but we're we're both vegetarian vegans so we kind of vegetarian vegans yeah He'll, they'll be sure to tell you about it if you meet him on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to answer that in now so that you know <laughs> that, that yeah. you asked. <laughs> uh, let's get into some predictions, though. So, like you said, first show back in a while. This format is not going to be what we're doing normally, but we did want to throw in some predictions. So, Azario and I have three each, um, three at-large predictions not really confined to any of the companies specifically. That yeah, we don't know anything. These aren't like, we know this is happening. Yeah, these are not insider secrets. Yeah. We honestly don't know anything. And if we did, we would obviously not be talking about <laughs> on a podcast the week before. I make sure that Logan doesn't know anything. That's like my main concern is to keep everything from him. So he definitely doesn't. I definitely don't know anything. All I know is what's on my schedule. Yes, yes. And I'm not going to tell them about that either. <laughs> but predictions, let's get into those. Um, we can start with you and hear what your first one is. So go ahead and fire away. All right. During PlayStation show, and a lot of mine does have to do with PlayStation. Not saying I'm a fanboy. More more just uh, equipped to to know about PlayStation stuff. But, um, so you hear like an iconic Western theme and you're like, what? Red Dead? I didn't think this was going to be here, but no, <laughs> no, this is not Red Dead. The screen comes up, you see a tumbleweed cross and then wild arms pops up on the screen back for another round. And that's it. It's good. Is be. it a, is it a relaunch or is it a sequel? Dude, um, so Wild Arms actually, I think the first one got remade, and it's called like Code F or something like that. Um, but I think it's Wild Arms Six. We'll go with that. Uh, the okay. last Wild Arms was a PSP exclusive. Um, XF. Jesus, oh, so that was yeah. like what a decade ago. And then it's got some mobile games, but um, but yeah, so. This is the year that I think Wild Arms is going to come back to consoles for uh, for us RPG nerds and take us back to the West. I love Western games, um, Western-themed games at least. I don't know why. I love anime, Western anime, uh, Trigun, stuff like that. Cowboy Bebop, love it. So Wild Arms just fits right into what I love about themes in video games, and I wanted to make a comeback and... I think this year is the year. 
is this something you predict often or is this mainly so we got that news report today that was it sean layton who said something about the japanese japanese games games and how you might want to keep an eye on their e3 showings to see what they're to see what they talk about there kind of teasing something like that so wild arms was one of my predictions for last year i believe (laughs) i didn't say anything (laughs) but i was hoping for it um there's another one of my predictions that I was hoping for, but I'll save it for when I tell you in a little or when bit. you bring it up, yeah. even though I, I know what it is already. <laughs> uh, we'll get into my first one. Yeah. So my first one I'm going to go to here. Let's uh, let's start with Microsoft. So I think that Microsoft has the most to gain at this year's E3, but I also think they have the most to lose. Um, because we, well, we don't really know what they're going to do. Like we know they're going to come out and talk about Scorpio and probably crack down three in addition to that. But the rest of their slate of upcoming games is pretty hazy, I would say. And because of that, I think they could endear a lot of fans by making just a ton of rapid fire announcements. Um, I think it would be good on them to announce a couple new IPs because I think they need to stop going back to their well of Halo and Gears of War constantly, because you can only do that for so long. Um, That said, despite that, I am going to say that they revive an old IP um, at this show. And I I think they're going to... So my actual prediction is I I think we see something new from Fable. And I don't think it's going to be in the same vein as what Fable Legends was. Was that the name of that one? Yeah, they were showing off. I don't know what... What were they that, thinking? That never looked good to me. Um, so I think they're going to announce that uh, Fable is returning. It's not going to be Fable 4. I think it is going to be a new relaunch of the series. Um, I think it is going to take place actually not in Albion. I think it would be smart if they if they set it in a different country altogether, give the series a fresh start that it needs. And I this is going a little bit out there. I wouldn't be shocked to see that there's a new studio developing it as well with potentially former Lionhead devs coming on board to create the game. Um, so they'd announce both a new development team and a new game at the same time. Um, it's a prediction. It's one I'm not super confident in, but it's one I would like to see because I am like a huge fan of the Fable games, especially the ones on 360. Fable 1 never really clicked with me. I think I played it a little too late after it released, though. But I think 2 and 3 on 360 were fantastic, and I was always disappointed that we never never got one on Xbox One, at least a proper Fable and not whatever the heck Legends was looking like it was going to turn out to be. See, that was like the exact opposite of me where I super got into fable one and then dropped off fable two fable three and never really returned after that fable three was definitely not as good as two i thought i thought two was like one of the best rpgs of last console generation um definitely one of my favorite 360 games um three three got a little long in the tooth with the whole ruling stuff and being a king like yeah. that it was a good idea but they did i didn't feel like they capitalized on it um it felt kind of shallow once it was all said and done. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'd like to see a proper new Fable game being developed. And will it happen? I don't know. But I, again, I think they need to get away and create some new IPs. But I would like to see an old one like this return. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, so just for our readers to come in, um, Bumper underscore Duck says uh, just one thing. SOCOM Trilogy 
trilogy HD remaster. Sorry. Trilogy? <laughs> so come trilogy HD remastered, and that will be amazing if that happens. I'm not a shooter guy, I will admit, but SOCOM is amazing. Which ones would it remaster? Yeah, that's... Isn't that's, there like six of them? Yeah, but I think he's talking about the the newer ones, the PS3 ones, not the, yeah. not the PS2 ones. Okay. Um, I've yeah. never played SOCOM. Those are games that I have never touched. Um, I am more of a shooter guy, but I'm not a big tactical shooter guy. Yeah. So I've never gotten into those games because of that. Um. That would be a remastered SOCOM would be it's interesting. Just, well, it's just the SOCOMs, the SOCOM series itself got thrown away, you know, like yeah. when the well, because the one. Yeah, the PlayStation Network crashed and yeah. that kind of ruined the last their last go around with the with the games. And it sucks because they deserve better than that. Yeah. Zipper Interactive deserves better than that. Yeah, that was such a strange moment like i don't remember exactly when the crash of the network happened i i can't remember how many weeks we were into it when socom came out but you would have thought that they would have delayed it at you that would have point thought. like would have i mean you can friend. do i mean you can do you can delay a game like really quickly before release like what was that game that uh was it get even that got delayed a few weeks ago because of the I think it was because of the terrorist attacks on yeah, Manchester. Yeah, yeah. They delayed they delayed the game by a month, like five days before release or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how many copies they had sent out into the wild or anything like that. I don't I don't even know how the game is releasing specifically. Maybe it's digital only. Um, but you can delay a game pretty close until its release, and it felt like they should have done that with it's. It's just the Sony back then is not the Sony now, and that's that's all. That's the only way we can look at it. They're, they're, yeah. yeah, that era of um, consoles um, was definitely a 360-centered market, even for Japanese games. Um, Japanese games didn't start coming to the PS3 until well into its life cycle. So Yeah, we got, like, what, Nino Kuni way later into the PS3's life cycle. That was, exactly. like, 2012, was it? Yeah, even, like, games like uh, Star Ocean and Tales of Vesperia were 360 first and uh very odd super super weird time that was strange i i still remember when square announced that they would be bringing like final fantasy 13 to xbox and it was yeah. just like that's really that's odd that's yeah. that's a strange thing to do and that's where i played it that's where i played final fantasy 13 was on xbox was on xbox yeah super uh, weird huh yeah that is kind of odd <laughs> so uh what is your next prediction? Let's go so to my next, next prediction is again PlayStation exclusive. Uh, oh. I think this year we're gonna see some Death Stranding gameplay. Um, no more teases. Hideo Kojima or Hideo Kojima comes out and says, uh, "Guys, here's the game," and just but trolls us, and then it's just a cinematic trailer again, showing some more teases. <laughs> it says that that's gameplay. I would like a really quirky gameplay reveal. Like, do you remember when they showed off uh, Metal Gear Rising and he was like cutting a melon and that yeah, was all yeah, yeah. saw? And we're like, what? What? What is that even? They wanted to show the, the precision. Game? They wanted to show the precision of uh, their uh, engine and how you can cut a one-out watermelon in like fifty different ways. Yeah, 
Um, I'd be I'd, I'd be down for a gameplay reveal like that with Death Stranding. Just something strange and very Kojima like. Yeah, I'd awesome. like them to just put a demo out and just be like like PT <laughs> shit, you know, just like show the cinematic thing in at the PlayStation conference and then but then while everyone's at the event and they're watching Sony like they sneak on a demo of actual of actual Death Stranding <laughs> onto the PSN. That would be so funny. The only thing I'll say about Kojima right now, and obviously we're we're still recording this a week before Sony will have their conference, he has been more quiet on Twitter lately. And I don't know if that's a good barometer to chart like maybe his head is finally down and they are just like way in the weeds with developing in this game and they won't appear at E3 because they are finally going to go quiet on it, which I think a lot of people think that they should do. Yeah, um, he's been doing like when he announced it up until like recently he's just been everywhere it seemed like going yeah. on trips going to events appearing at places he has talking. not been shy about talking about this game yeah he's obviously not revealed everything but he will talk about it openly anytime people ask him about it which is a lot different because you don't see a guy like neil Druckmann going to events left and right and talking about the last of us part two or anything like that yeah. um Kojima's his own character <laughs> and he does what he wants. It seems like with this game, even though Sony is helping to publish it. Um, yeah. So I actually, I, I was, I was thinking about a death stranding prediction as well. Um, I, I don't know, man, I'd love to see a gameplay, just a quick, like, even if it's like 10 or 20 seconds of footage yeah. and that's, and that's well, it. Like, that would be, I just want to see what, He's going for first person, third person, uh, over the shoulder. I don't know. I think he's already said it's third. Okay. Okay. So that is one of those questions he did answer in some panel along the way, I think. But um, are we just yeah, I think... be staring at a naked Norman, Norman Reedus for a 10-hour game? <laughs> he, he's talked about ropes a lot. He's talked about sticks a lot. I like and sticks. he has also said like it is like a third-person action game, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So I, I I have no idea how this game is going to play. Yeah, like the, so the trailers that they have shown makes me think anything is possible with whatever this turns out to be, which I'm fine with because I trust like, Kojima. He has not led me astray. Yeah, I know it's not so, coming out till like 2018, 2019, but um, yeah. Um, that was going to be my next question for you. When do you seriously think this will release? Like. Like, honestly, because I'm like knee jerk and not even joking, like 2020 is what I'm expecting for this. I game. was thinking spring 2019. That could be good. How many years of, of development time would that be? At least four. Would it be four? Yeah. I don't even know if it would be four, would it? I think around there. So 2015 is when the whole Kojima Konami saga happened. Oh, okay, yeah. But he could he have been let planning go. it before that. He was let go at the end of the year, I think. So maybe three years. And then he and then he spent, I think that he spent most of last year just putting the studio together, which is why it was so surprising when they had that teaser at E3. Yeah, yeah. And even more surprising when they had another one at the Game Awards. Dude, no joke. I already forgot that it's only been one year since he teased that game. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's Dude. only been a year. Dude. Plus, they were putting a studio together last year, so they had to establish that, hire people, get the team together, everybody get on the same page, and then actually start developing it. But then at the same time, all they're working on is these teaser trailers. Yeah. 
Um, so I have no idea. But, Sony could be helping them a lot, uh, yeah. of course. I, I, I feel possibly, like the game's very possibly far. Possibly three years. I'm just going to say three years now. With planning. Work. With planning. That could work. Because he obviously knows his direction, so he obviously planned it before the reveal. Hopefully. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, even though the game still does seem so far out, it, I agree with you. Uh, like, gameplay does not seem outside the realm of possibility because, like we said, he is just talking about it so yeah. openly with everyone. So, I mean, why not at this point? Like, if that's how you want this game's development to go, where you are just very face forward and open with what you're doing, then sure, let's go. Let's see some let's more it, of it. Yeah. Three. Uh, my next one. I will jump to Sony as well um so this is against what i think should actually happen <laughs> um but i'm gonna go with it anyway i think we see a new teaser for the last of us part two um i don't think any release window will be given at the end of the teaser or anything like that and i actually don't even think anybody's going to comment on it like if Sean Layden comes out i don't think he's gonna be like wow what a wonderful last of us part two trailer i think they're just going to play it and act like nothing ever happened and keep moving on with the show, which is kind of similar to what they did last year, where it was just like rapid fire trailers and gameplay, like one after another, where they really didn't say a whole lot in between. I could see them showing off another teaser in the same vein as the one we got at PSX last year, the reveal teaser. Um, what they show, I don't really know. Um, but I, I, I do think Naughty Dog needs to go quiet on this game, very similar to the Death Stranding, like, this game's a ways out. Maybe better to just not say anything for a while and this game just like PS5 material. Yeah, this is going to be the swan song of the PS4, if not bleeding into PS5 potentially. I, it'll be the last game on PS4, if I had to guess. Last big notable first party game from Sony. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really think they should go quiet on it. But I just have this like strange gut feeling that they're going to show something just because they know it's out there now. Why not? Uh, Neil's been open about posting a lot of stuff on Twitter as well about the mocap sessions they're doing. Maybe they did another teaser like similar to the one at PSX or something like that. Maybe they've had two of these stacked up for a while because in the panel at PSX, which I actually just listened to the other day again for some reason, he talked about how he had that the psx teaser he had that written and planned and scripted like two and a half three years ago so if they had a couple ideas already they may have just recorded these last year and have already planned in advance to stagger them out like over the course of the next yeah six yeah. months to a year like that wouldn't shock me in any way i don't think we're gonna see gameplay or anything like that i think that'll be way further down the road but just another cg teaser would not shock me if we saw that yeah, I agree. Um, I do have a question, though. Do you think Joel's dead? I don't think he's dead. I think that is the stupidest yeah. <laughs> theory okay. that the internet created. I don't know why he would be dead, either. Well, the like, thing is, I'm thinking is is that they've got to be smart enough to know that this is what the internet will assume happened to Joel. But they're just going <laughs> to, like, prove them all wrong, you know? Yeah. Like, why give away such a huge spoiler in the first trailer? Well, another thing that... Uh, Druckmann said in that panel that they did last year at PSX was he talked about how 
the last of us to him is those two characters and like people people have talked about how like oh no the last of us is about that world you could focus in on some other characters or do other things and he was like very blunt and saying no it is about those two characters and you could still make it about those characters i guess if he was a ghost or something in ellie's in ellie's having visions about him like he would still have a presence on the game but that's so cliche dude yeah that is is. that is it's very lame and i can't see Knowing the kind of writer Druckmann is, I can't see him going down that route either because it's that is... It's way too easy. It's something I would write. Well, it's just not <laughs> impactful in any way either. Yeah, like, The Last of Us is a blunt, emotional game that makes we've you all feel seen, We've all seen Ghost. We've all seen that movie. We all know what yeah. happens. <laughs> so it just doesn't seem like something they would do. And to go put, to put like a more personal spin on it, like... If for some reason he was a ghost, I personally would like be borderline furious yeah. because unless, I think unless Joel and Ellie do like a pot scene where they make <laughs> they sculpt a pot together, they sculpt a pot together. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> I think I think Joel is uh, so Ellie gets a lot of love from people who've played The Last of Us. I think Joel's a ten times better character personally. Like I think oh, he has way, way more depth to his character. I think he's so much more interesting. Like The Last of Us to me, I like Ellie. Like I have nothing against Ellie, but The Last of Us to me is about Joel way more than it's about Ellie. And I, yeah. I feel like I'm in the minority with that opinion. But Joel <laughs> seeing that Joel is, is dead in Last of Us Part Two and she's like a ghost now or something like i would hate that that would just be very that'd be that'd be so lame i wouldn't like that at all i'm fine if he dies in the game but don't make him some like a vision or something like that without yeah too easy um it is is too easy so let's go on to one of our readers alfonso ferrero says horizon sequel or standalone dlc and I think that this could happen. Horizon sequel? No way, not no, already. But standalone DLC. Standalone for DLC. Yes. Sure. Yes. I think that's actually a very good bet, and it's actually something I haven't thought about until this moment either. Yeah, that's like something that they would open the show with. Like, like I can't think of anything that they would because last year was God of War. They opened the show mm-hmm. with that, but this year. I'm thinking since Horizon did so well and we're so close to the release of that game and they're still riding the success, I say why not? Open the show with some standalone DLC. Yeah, because you could open it with some gameplay or something like that right away too. Like that's not something you need to hide behind teaser trailers or something like that. The game's out. Like everybody's played it at this point. No, that would make a ton of sense and I would happily dive back into that game for another five or ten hours, something around there. I have played it. I have but some hours you've into played it. it now yeah yeah how many hours into it are you maybe like three or four are you liking it um i'm kind of weird about open world games right now um like like i've said in previous podcasts with zelda i i really am liking more linear stuff lately mm-hmm. i just prefer it like it's even hard for me to get through near automata and i love those characters but um I really, I'm just like, I kind of like linear stories right now, and that's or that's what I want to play. And um, Horizon is super open, and I just get distracted everywhere I go. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get to some place, but here's four missions on the way, and I'm like, fuck, do I have to do these? Yeah. 
So no, I, I I get in the same mind frame from time to time as well, where it's just like, man, I, I'm just gonna buy these like two or three indie games I've been wanting to play for a while, and I'm gonna play through these this weekend because. I just want the satisfaction of like experiencing a story or experiencing a game because I don't want to go put time into, I don't know, Watch Dogs 2 and just check off a bunch of boxes. Yeah, Watch Dogs yeah, yeah. fantastic game, but like some the open world games are so oversaturated at this point that I'm finding myself more and more often like needing to be in the mood for them compared to back in the day. It was just like there wasn't a lot of them. So when one did come out, it was like refreshing in the moment. Um, it's not as much the case <laughs> anymore, unfortunately, but it's fine. I, I think open world games have honestly been a good thing for the industry. Um, it made developers think outside the box and play around with that formula a little bit more, but there is just a lot of them. So, All right. Well, uh, my last one. My last Your craziest one, too. <laughs> My last prediction. All right. End of the show. End of the show. Um, Geo comes out, and he's like, guys, you thought the show was over? Well, hold on to your seats, motherfuckers. He actually <laughs> says that. And he, pulls he actually out. says that. That's yeah. We've got the yeah. exact, exact pull- quote prediction. <laughs> he pulls out. He pulls out a device in his hand. And he says, welcome to the future, Vita 2, bitches. And then he drops he drops it on the ground like a mic drop, and it doesn't break because it's indestructible. And <laughs> It's made out of adamantium. Yeah, fireworks come out behind him. He does a little jig. That's it. Price. You and I, you price. And I stand up in the crowd and start a standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> the price, 200 bones. There you go. There you go, Switch. The ball's in your court now. What are you going to do? (laughs) Backwards compatibility on the Vita, too. I'll say that, too. With the original Vita? With the original Vita. All right. I don't know why I'm honestly trying to think about this prediction and consider its possibilities because it will not happen, but that's fine. It would kill. It would kill, dude. I okay, so I want to let you know that you would be the happiest person in the room if that did happen. But I would be very pleased as well. I love my Vita; it's been a fantastic system. It's one of my favorite handhelds ever. Dude, wouldn't it be awesome if it had 4K streaming capabilities? How would they do that? That thing would not cost <laughs> 200 bones. Then, that thing would cost like four, fi- four or five hundred bucks, probably. Dude, no, two hundred, two hundred dollars cheapest 4k device on the market (laughs) maybe in like two or three years yeah but not right now gotta wait for the 4k stuff to drop because it's not even prevalent yet which is so strange for the gaming industry to be going in the direction of 4k when i don't really know anyone who has a 4k tv yet myself included yeah so games that the games are getting ahead of the technology that they're performing on which is kind of strange well, it's like they want to future-proof themselves um, before the industry gets before 4K become 4K TVs become four hundred five hundred dollars. You're already yeah. going to have a device that can support them, and that makes sense. But at the same time, I always thought it was odd that the PS4 Pro and now Scorpio has decided to make that leap midway through the generation mm. and. St- put their foot down and say no it's the same console though still so you don't have to worry about that 
Like if we got to PS5 and whatever the successor to the Xbox one would be two or three years down the road, 4k TVs would be more prevalent and in more people's homes. And then it would also be a more logical leap at that time to, that would be the selling point of the new boxes, I, I guess, is that they're both 4k capable. Like now there'll be new technology that crops up within the next few years, but I don't know what the selling point is of a PS five or an Xbox successor. Now that they have, Already, already implemented the four, 4k they've already implemented the 4k so it's like what is the next leap up to convince me like oh i really need to get this besides uh just the standard better internals better processing power all that stuff yeah so i don't i don't play my xbox one s that much but um its capabilities are are pretty amazing and it's a pretty sexy ass box if you ask me yeah dude the xbox one s I really like it. It's really nice to look at. Like, I love looking at it for some reason. It's like, I hate, it's hate turning tiny it on. Reason. I hate turning it on. Just because there's always a fucking update and I can never play a game. <laughs> and the uh, dashboard still sucks. The dashboard, I don't even understand how to get from one place to another. And then there's ads on it now, and I'm just like... There's been ads on it since the 360, though. Well, yeah. And always go check out Major Nelson's favorite game of the week, and don't forget to purchase some Doritos or something like that. I don't want to be told what to do. Um, Yeah, I but I I love looking at it. I like the controller too. If that makes that makes controller's nice. I really I really like it. So so Vita two, Vita two. It's not it's not not happening. (laughs) If it happens. I will record Azaria's re- reaction for you all yes, to see, and yes. I will post it on our YouTube channel or something like that. I'll do because it for the Snapchat. I'll do it for the snap. Do it for the snap. Yeah. It just it. I think it could. I'll, I'll say this. This is the last good thing I'll say about Vita Two. I think it could happen. I don't think it could happen this year, though. I think it makes more sense next year potentially. I just man they would have hardware overload at sony between vr ps4 standard ps4 pro and then a vita successor on top of that like they they would be i mean they'd be hitting all fronts but you can't accept your expect your consumers to purchase all of those at the same time so true yeah but next year it makes more sense maybe a little bit more distance from ps4 pro psvr uh my last one i'm going to give nintendo some love because we've been talking about Sony a lot so far. Um, honestly, it um, at a top-down level, I think so. Or Nintendo is actually going to have a pretty small showing this year, um, not only at the show itself, but at the uh, during their digital event. I think they're really going to focus in on Super Mario Odyssey the same way that they focused in on Breath of the Wild last year. Um, it, it obviously won't be their only thing they're showing, because that was... All that it was last year at E3 for Nintendo was Breath of the Wild and well, and Pokemon Sun and Moon. But Breath of the Wild was pretty much it. I think they're going to really focus in on uh, Super Mario Odyssey this year, and that'll be the main focus of their digital event. But that said, I do think we also get details finally on Switch Virtual Console. I think it is going to launch in July I think it is also going to have GameCube support. So GameCube games will be coming to Virtual Console this Skies time. Skies of Arcadia, bitches. Skies of Arcadia. I will give you three games I think are coming, though. <laughs> I think within the opening weeks of Virtual Console, we will get Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. 
Nice. I think we're going to get Mario Sunshine. I think we'll get Luigi's Mansion. Will these be upscaled be to uh, HD and have a nice... Mm, did they do that with the Wii ones when those came to Wii U? No, they didn't. But you know, um, PlayStation 3's emulator support for PlayStation and PS2 games actually upscale the uh, yeah. them to HD, and it's pretty cool. So I'm hoping that maybe because they implement it's that Nintendo, with the emulation. Because it's Nintendo... I lean towards saying no, yeah, just because okay. yeah, anytime we ask hard questions like anytime we ask hard questions like that, they end up saying the answer is typically no. Um, so I would say they are not HD. However, that would be very nice. Um, I think they stagger these out in waves, though, similar similar to like what they did when Super Nintendo games came to 3DS. It was like, hey, here we've got five games. We're gonna launch this one on this date, this one on this date, this one on this date. I think they do the same thing here. So they'll throw out Sunshine and Mansion and Paper Mario over the course of a couple weeks um and then the last thing to go along with the virtual console prediction i think cross buy will still not be implemented so if you bought those games on wii u or 3ds you're still screwed and you have to go buy them again sorry about your luck yeah because they they don't care they love money they know they know we'll fucking buy it they know know you'll you'll buy earthbound for the third time for 9.99 so there you go Uh, so I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that they will not. Looking at looking at Nintendo's floor plan, I don't know anything about Nintendo's E3 uh, presence. Um, I'm just saying that for full disclosure. Uh, but looking at their floor plan, it's a lot bigger than last year. So I don't think that they're going to focus on one game again this year. I think. I think they're gonna have a new Metroid though. I think. I don't. That I was think, almost one of my predictions. I, think, I was going to make an anti-prediction where I said I Metroid Force, and Mother 3 I think will not Federation Force was the shittiest thing they could have ever done. <laughs> I still think that game's so funny, dude. I so I don't really care about Metroid either way. Like I I will if there's a new Metroid I will play that game. But I am not like a fervent fan of that series, so I like to just make fun of those who are. Yeah. Even like Bayonetta <laughs> 3 could show up there. I'm yeah, Bayonetta three. Could, maybe I that may not make sense right now. Maybe though. they just need a good action game. They need a mature game on the Switch. It's they, that's there's nothing. How about like the wonderful one hundred and two? Ooh, Platinum Games. <laughs> um, highly un- uh, highly underrated game. Wonderful one hundred and one. If you, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I never yeah. played it myself, but Great. I have heard good things. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll finally learn what Project Robot was or is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for our readers, last readers, um, this is from Twitter um, at DJ Grand Blue. I think this is a Nintendo one. Uh, he says, as always, a new Chrono, and uh, I think a new Chrono Trigger game could be cool. Could be um, cool. Chrono Cross on the PlayStation was not that good, so. Um, Perhaps a remaster. Square Enix continuing their remasters, and uh, they focus on uh, Chrono. I would have ex- I would have expected RPG Factory to to, to do it, um, like a remaster, because <laughs> their engine's already so close. Yeah. To what Chrono Trigger is, they could have just redid Chrono Trigger in that engine, and hey, you got yourself a game. You don't have to do much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's... Chrono Trigger is another large blind spot in my gaming history. 
I need to play that game. I've started it up once or twice. I forgot to save one time. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I autosave has ruined it for me, and I, I forgot you used to have to manually save back in the day. Yeah. So I lost like 90 minutes worth of progress. Um, so that was dumb. But I need to go back and play that game, and I have it on my Vita. I may do that. I may try to do that soon. It's the PS1 uh, emulation, version. I guess. Or yeah, I, I that's actually not the version you should play. I've 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 heard as much. I the DS is the version I should play. Isn't yeah, it? that's that's the best one you're gonna get. Um, I I have from firsthand. I don't know this. Um, I do have it on DS. I've only played it for a little bit, but I do know that I'd rather play it on the Super Nintendo than the PlayStation for sure. <laughs> Like that's how bad. That's how like wonky it is. I'd rather play it on Vita though, just because it's Vita. No, dude, I hear you. I hear you. So we'll see if I ever do decide to go back to that. Uh, Do you want to toss a couple others rapid fire that we really won't comment on, but uh, just some other uh, reader predictions that they may have either put up on the site or commented on that Twitter post that we put up? Yeah. So, um, so we hear something about Crystal Dynamics Avenger products. This is from French Frenchie Fries. Frenchie Fries, what up? Yeah, um, <laughs> that could be cool. That could be cool. Um, at at Fulbring, Fulbring says uh, Bloodborne Two, ready for release end of this year. Fuck, ready that. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would be totally in on that. That would cement 2017 is more legendary than it maybe already is. Even though Red Dead did get pushed. Okay, so. but here's the thing. Here's the thing about Bloodborne, guys. And I'm going to lay it on you. If it's not from From Software, it's not going to be the Bloodborne that you know and love. Mm-hmm. They are going to take it in a direction where they want to bring the the series, the franchise. Um because Sony does have rights to that one, correct? Yes. They do have complete control over that game. IP, yeah. Yeah. And From Software already announced that they did not want to continue Dark Souls or the Bloodborne series. So. Everybody's fingers crossed for Bloodborne 2, myself included. I, I, I don't think we'll see it. Like, I really don't. I think we might see something else from From. Uh, they're, they've got to be working on something. It would make sense to appear at the Sony show. What that is, I don't know, but I I want Bloodborne too, and I know a lot of other people do. Actually, if you want to check out one of our pieces on the site, uh, Jordan is it Leffler? I think that's his hey Loffler. I forget. I'm sorry, the Jordans. We have two. I, I I forget. No, one of them is Jordan Boyden. I know he didn't write it. Um, I, it was elderly Jordan. He wrote yeah. a piece on Bloodborne too. We've been having an E3 dreams, uh type of what do you want to call that series Series. up on the site the past few days and he wrote one up about how he would love to see bloodborne 2 revealed at e3 this year so you can go check that out on the site that's a good piece i I wrote one up last week about spider-man that you can go check out that's buried somewhere on the site as well just search spider-man i'm sure you'll find it but we're gonna have a lot of those going up this week throughout the week i don't think you're doing one are you no (laughs) dude i'm buried in so much work that i would like to but I wanted you to write something up about Vita too. I think that would have been that would have been fun if you would have wrote will. about that. I'll have till the end of the week. So you think we'll till the end of the week? That would be that would be something good to throw up. Um, and then, I guess uh, we can end it there unless you want to do a couple more. Unless if you had uh, anything I'll else, I'll throw out one up. more. Um, 
So Phoenix Wings, speaking of uh, Skies of Arcadia, says Skies of Arcadia reimagining. That would be kind of cool. So a relaunch then of the series, I guess? Maybe, yeah. I would say like return, like a reboot. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. That would... Uh... Did you ever play Skies my, of gonna, Arcadia? I never played Skies of Arcadia. That's the game, dude. That's the game? That's I'm not going to put much stock in it happening. I'm familiar with it, but I doubt we see it. I, li- uh, I would like... Well, if we're going to end the show, I would like to end the show with um, the listeners getting to know something about us. For yeah, game for history. sure. Um, I would just like to ask you, uh, what was the first game that you played not the first game you played ever but the game that you played that kind of dictated what genre you were going to be into for the remainder of your Oof. gaming career so so what is your favorite genre and then what game got you into that genre i don't know if i really have a favorite genre um i would say action rpgs are potentially my favorite if I had to choose one, it would probably be that just because I like the feel of leveling up and growing more powerful and yada, yada, yada. Um, that's why everybody likes Bloodborne and stuff like that. Um, it's hard to choose one game. There was, a, I'd say there was three or four games throughout my gaming history, I guess, that really cemented why I liked games. Um, one of those was, it sounds tacky because everybody says this one, but Ocarina of Time was one of those first ones as a kid where I was just like blown away that a game could be this large and this open and I could travel to all kinds of different places and stuff like that. And there was all these temples and just, I, I don't need to, I don't need to write a love letter to Ocarina of Time because it's been done a thousand other times. But yeah. that was really the first game where I was just kind of astounded with what I was seeing on the screen because I didn't think any of those things could happen. Um, So that was one of the first ones. And then I'd say a couple other notable ones to go with like an RPG. um, Knights of the Old Republic. As a huge huge Star Wars fan, I had no idea that a Star Wars game could be that good and that I would also love it it and care about it um, because that was really my first foray into the expanded universe the non-canon universe now um i really didn't go dive into anything star wars that was not the movies at the time but getting into that game and sinking my teeth into it and that progression and that i always play as a sith in that game just because i i love the payoff at the end um feeling like you could actually be evil in a star wars game and you wouldn't lose yeah for that or you wouldn't be punished for that was just so cool to me at the time because I always thought like having force lightning and stuff would be the coolest thing. Um, so actually making a Sith character and progressing through the game like that was also really cool. And then the other one, which is actually kind of strange because I really didn't, I don't think I played it till like 2006 or seven for the first time uh, was Metal Gear Solid one. That one really, I mean, I almost played it a decade after it came out and it still really hit me hard with both the storytelling and the gameplay. Um, that game still holds up really well to this day. I think um, it does too. Yeah. Like that one, it's really surprising how well it holds up because the controls aren't too great and stuff like that. But I think there's once just you, a lot Once you of, get into it though, once you master those good controls, like you kind of know what you're doing, but it does, it does take a little time. Shout out to Vita again, because you can map those controls. And, yes. uh, 
that is actually very nice. So once you're, once you're able to change the controls around and map them how you want them, the game is a lot better. You can put X as the confirm button rather than circle. God, I don't, I don't know why they did that on that. On that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Japanese layout. They didn't change. That is the, the Japanese layout. Yeah. yeah, they didn't change the button input. So for changing, a lot of the Metal Gears, I believe in the, the new one they did, but. I think it was. I, I think you're right. I think it was like that, even through maybe PS4 as well. Yeah. Is it just three? Yeah. I don't think it is in the new in in Phantom Pain. I know it's different in Phantom Pain. I'm like yeah. almost positive it is. So. But yeah, I don't know. There's a couple for you that really changed the course of how I viewed games. I guess. Yeah, I grew up. Um, got a Nintendo when I was like four or five, and I was just super into Mario. Um, like, and when I was nine, I got a PlayStation, got Crash Bandicoot. So I was like, fuck, platformers are my, platformers are it. Like, I love platformers so much. And, uh, then when I was about 11, I played Final Fantasy VII. Fucking made me a weeb, man. Did you cry? Dude, I cried. (laughs) And then, like, Final Fantasy VIII came around out, like, so close around that time that, um, I picked it up too. And, um loved it got nine and then from then on like i've i've been such a huge final fantasy fan for so long that uh that i just love rpgs and then from then on i got saga frontier 2 and uh thousand arms your favorite yeah when you've been streaming <laughs> yeah. that game actually looked pretty cool i'll say that yeah it's it's uh it's it taught me how to talk to girls so <laughs> Um, but yeah, love, I love the RPGs. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get into visual novels up until about like two years ago. Um, just because I started covering them so much then I was like, man, maybe I should fucking start playing these games. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so now I review them and, uh, <laughs> they're fun. So whatever. I'm expanding my my love for games Um, that's always so i mean to split off into a different discussion just real quick is that something you're constantly trying to do because that has been something i've been very aware of the last i'd say 12 to 18 months is like expanding my taste and expanding the games that i play and i I don't really feel like i ever pigeonhole myself to specific genres or specific games but there is just japanese games like specifically i do not i have never really jumped into yeah it's strange because i I play the most obscure japanese games um i import a bunch of vita games um but then i'll i'll fucking spend three or four hours playing call of duty you know like (laughs) or battlefield you know like like just so i can have an opinion means Uh means a lot more to me and um if I'm good at it, then that's all the better. But um, but it is different jumping into a game, a Western main game that you can play for an hour or two hours and get get almost instant gratification. Like I'm having fun right now consistently for one or two hours, whereas you jump into an RPG, you're going to hit points where you're like, man, this is Dragon. Like, yeah. Come on. Like... I need to get here, but um, but I have to be a certain level 
now I have to grind. Um, I can't find this item. What do I do? Kind of thing. Um, and you don't want to look them up online or something like that because that's lame and super, super lame. Normie status, especially for games that I get like <laughs> two or three weeks before they launch. Like it's oh, <laughs> can't even find that stuff. You know, that's been an interesting situation. So the more games I review, the more I'm getting into the weeds. Like Rhyme. So I reviewed Rhyme. There was like a couple puzzles in that game that tripped me up for just like ten minutes, and I knew I would figure it out. But it was still like ah, I don't I don't know what to do, and no one else has played this game. What do I do? And you figure it out eventually, but you, you kind of start freaking out because you're like, I can't ask anybody about this if I do get stuck. So you're in a weird middle ground, a gray area yeah. when you review those games you get early. Just recently, the Nonary games came out, and that's like the first two Zero Escape visual novels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they put some new stuff in the in 999, the first one, and... Um, they're like, if you get stuck, just email us. <laughs> we'll we'll help you. Spike Chunsoft. I think the Rhyme people told me that as well. Um, luckily, I didn't have to. Um, <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> it would games, suck. Man. It would suck too. It hurt my gaming cred a little bit. Like to ask them a question about. Hey, something. can you guys tell me? Give me give me the answer to this puzzle real quick, so yeah. I can move on and <laughs> review your game, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah that, uh, that's that's a little bit about us. A little personal. How how old are you, by the way? Oh. I, I can't even remember. I'm twenty. I'm ask, you're twenty eight. I thought you were like twenty three, like me. No. But when you said you were eleven when Final Fantasy VII came out, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't well, I sound think it right. Came out before I was a little before. Okay, that. so you didn't you didn't play it till later on or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it came out around when I was nine or ten. Because when I okay. when I played it, Final Fantasy VIII was already out. So okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, when you're a kid, you get to a lot of those games. Yeah. Years later, and you have no idea it about funny. it. Where the reason it. why I convinced my dad to buy that game for me was because it had four discs. And I believe it was like my $16 at the time. And I was like, look at dad, you get four discs in this More game. More discs equals a better purchase for your money. Exactly. He's like, well, I'm never going to buy you another game until you beat that four disc game. I was like, all right. You beat it in a week. I don't know how long. I dude, my perception <laughs> of time when I played Final Fantasy VII was amazing. I, I I look back on games I played as a kid too, and I'm like, I I can't. I don't know how long any of those things took me. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, let's wrap up the show then. Uh, thank you for everybody who submitted comments or uh, I guess tweets to our to our tweet we put up. I don't I don't think you knew that this was going to appear on the Shotcast. Surprise. Um, but, surprise you were featured in some way on this episode uh thank you for that um but it was fun to go over just a couple of our predictions um as we said this show will be changing and evolving as we move forward these next two episodes so this is 34 i think and next week will be 35 because that's how numbers work um so these next this one and the one that we do put out next will be a little bit different from the usual format that we want to implement um, but we'll talk about that more after we get out of E3's shadow and we can actually start maneuvering and doing some get, we get back into the normal everyday news grind and yeah, just normal the next video episode game will definitely definitely be reactions to the yes, conferences. So, so that'll be UI you UI? That sounds so weird. Yeah. It'll be I. you it'll be you and I, and it'll also be Tomas. 
who will be at E3 with us. We will probably record that in our little Airbnb we're going to be staying at in Los Angeles, and we will be giving our thoughts on everything we've seen and done so far, which will actually be nothing E3 show floor <laughs> related at that no, point. No, no, It'll no. just be yeah. So you will have seen what we have seen up until that point. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So come back for that next week. We'll talk about that. We'll get Tomas on this show. We'll see how he works. We don't know what that kid's going to be like in no, real life. He's a... That'll be, that'll be fun to meet him. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a character. He's definitely a character. But yeah, uh, this show is going to be way more consistent moving forward, so you can definitely plan on seeing it. Every Tuesday, like we said, it will be posted. We will post it on DualShockers.com, so if you just pay attention to the website, you should see those this post in an article format. We'll have the probably a link to the audio as well as a link to the YouTube page if I had to imagine. Uh, so this will go up on, as an article every Tuesday. You can also find it on iTunes or anything else that you use to listen to your podcasts on. Um, and yeah, that is it for this week's episode of the Dual Shockers Shotcast. We will be back next week. And then if you want to find Dual Shockers, you oh, can yeah, follow if you us. want to find us. Yeah. Dual Shockers. <laughs> Be on Twitter. I think it's at Dual Shockers. Uh, you can find me at Azario says, and uh, you can find Logan at. I'm at More Man Twelve. More so Man Twelve. We'll have those linked in the article. You guys can find them there if you want. Yeah, uh, uh, I highly encourage you guys if you want to. I'm sure we'll be tweeting out from the uh, the main Dual Shockers Twitter. But I'm sure you and I will be throwing up all kinds of stuff on our yeah. personal ones as well. So if you want to follow our journeys while we're actually there and see what's happening on the show floor and all kinds of stuff like that, be sure to follow us at all three of those places because we will be putting all kinds of pictures and probably, I would say, preview reactions up before we write thousands of words about in, in more depth about said previews so if you want quick reactions and stuff like that follow us there and you'll get that uh but we'll be back next week live from los angeles at e3 2017 it's gonna be a great time but until then have a great week we love you see ya see ya